This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. It's time for the soul of excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush, Rush. Now here's Bo Snurdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Glad to be part of today's program. All you have to do is dial 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. Today, the House Committee allegedly investigating the January 6th attack on the Capitol of the United States took a remarkable step. The vote was 9 to nothing. This is what it sounded like. But our duty today is to our country and our children and our Constitution. Liz Cheney. We are obligated to seek answers directly from the man who set this all in motion. And every American is entitled to those answers so we can act now to protect our republic. So this afternoon, I am offering this resolution that the committee direct the chairman to issue a subpoena for relevant documents and testimony under oath from Donald John Trump in connection with the January 6th attack on the United States Capitol. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. I yield back. General Lady yields back. If there's no further debate, the question is on agreeing to the resolution. Those in favor will say aye. 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 Those opposed is no. In the opinion of the chair, the ayes have it. Mr. Chairman, I request a recorded vote. A recorded vote is requested. The clerk will call the roll. Ms. Cheney? Aye. Ms. Cheney? Aye. Ms. Lofgren? Aye. Ms. Lofgren? Aye. Mr. Schiff? Aye. Mr. Schiff? Aye. Mr. Aguilar? Aye. Mr. Aguilar? Aye. Mrs. Murphy? Aye. Mrs. Murphy, aye. Mr. Raskin? Aye. Mr. Raskin, aye. Mrs. Luria? Aye. Mrs. Luria, aye. Not good. Mr. Kinzinger? Kinzinger, aye. Mr. Kinzinger, aye. Mr. Chairman? Aye. Mr. Chairman, aye. The clerk will report the vote. Mr. Chairman, on this vote, there are nine ayes and zero noes. The resolution is agreed to. Without objection, a motion to reconsider is laid on the table. The chair requests that those in the hearing room remain seated until the Capitol Police have escorted members from the room. Without objection. You having a good time, Joe? And there you have it. Liz Cheney brings about the resolution to a subpoena. Former President of the United States, Donald J. Trump. The sham committee, this sham so-called committee, votes 9 to 0. 
to do just that. Of course, we're three weeks out from the midterm, so the propaganda making is in full swing. Let us remember, my friends, this is has been a circus sham clown car committee from the very beginning. There has never been any attempt to actually get at the truth of what happened on January 6th. Some of that truth is despicable. We've seen some of it, of course. All of us that watch the violence that took place were appalled by it. Nobody, nobody wants this to happen at the capital of the United States. However, that said, there has been a constant drumbeat from Democrat liberals, and that would include the two rhinos on this committee who behave more like liberal Democrats with their Trump-hating agenda. The very attempt from all of this is to make sure that they disable President Trump ahead of the 2024 elections. It is a coordinated effort on the half, and I don't mean coordinated as in some conspiracy. I mean coordinated in terms of their singular focus of hatred. It is evidence on display by this sham investigation in New York City, in New York State, rather, led by the alleged Attorney General, Letitia Brown. Today, she's out. Letitia James, she's out again asking for even more. She wants there to be an attempt to stop President Trump from doing business even now. This has been in New York a witch hunt against Donald Trump and his family. She announced her witch hunt even before he was elected. We're going to go, I'm I'm paraphrasing her, we're going to go find something on him. That is how justice is done in New York State. And January 6th committee has been a sham from the very beginning. Nancy Pelosi's role as head of the House of Representatives, as Speaker of the House, has never come under scrutiny. What did she know about security? Why wasn't security in place? None of that was allowed. Republicans were not allowed to put their own members on the committee of their choice. They were denied in this so-called committee, and you only got two Trump haters, two known Trump haters, that the Democrats, the Democrats quickly embraced. One of them, Liz Cheney, is the one that made that resolution today. The Trump-hating crowd, like Liz Cheney, the Lincoln Project, all of these Trump haters hope that they are so able to damage Donald Trump's name that their own political fortunes one day will reverse, that people will say, oh, goodness, these are the people that stood up. These are the people that stood up for democracy. Our democracy is not under a threat. It is a bogus notion that is being perpetuated by the mainstream media and by liberal politicians to make you think your country is at the precipice and falling is this country falling is a real, real possibility. It is not. We see a shameful display of political hatred well organized by the Democrat Party misinformation, propaganda spread by their allies in the mainstream news organization. So what happens at the end of all of this? Well, Donald Trump is going to 
I think we can pretty much take for granted, fight this every step of the way, and that fight should envelop the rest of the town time that this woeful, shameful committee is in power. Even in liberal publications, there is an acknowledgement that this subpoena is not likely to yield fruit because Trump, thankfully, unlike other Republicans who put their tail between the legs and bowed down to these Democrat hacks, that's not the metal that Donald Trump is made from. He's expected to challenge the subpoena in courts, a process certain to extend far beyond the life of this so-called special committee, which will end this year. And if you do your part, and everybody, everybody here should do their part and make sure that these Democrats do not retain power in November. That is your first response to this. Vote them out. Make sure that Liz Cheney never again comes near any elected office, at least as a conservative, at least as a Republican. If she wants to go join the Democrats, by all means, you've already done it in the spirit. Go ahead and just join their party, Liz. Others have warned that this is going to lead nowhere. If we were going to get into a subpoena fight with, uh, fight with either the former vice president or the former president, that litigation could not be concluded during the life of this Congress. And I think the former president has made it clear he has no intention of coming in. That's what Representative Zoe Lofgren, one of those who just voted for this thing, said. So while we'd like to hear from both of them, I'm not expecting that we necessarily will. Well, by all means, not. By all means, not. Now, what should be the political answer for this? That answer should come during the next term of Congress when hopefully Republicans are in control. And this is a time to finally take the gloves off and deal with these Democrats on one-to-one political warfare. I said political warfare. I said political warfare. One-to-one political warfare. You have to bring Nancy Pelosi in. I don't care whether she's Speaker of the House. I don't care whether she resigns right now. I don't care whether she resigns when there's a new Speaker and hopefully she's a Republican Speaker. You bring her in. You get the investigators today. You find out about all of her stock dealings while she was blocking legislation and making sure that it never came to light about insider trading. You bring her finances out, every single brown penny, every single silver dime. Make her answer for how she and her husband make money on stocks while she is in control of legislation that can impl- that, that can that can impact how well or badly these stocks are performing. Democrats have shown no hesitation at all at going after family members of conservatives that they hate. It's time that investigators, and this is a job for Republican donors, it's time that private investigators begin looking into the lives of every single prominent Democrat. If Letitia James can look for dirt, then why don't you have investigations going on looking for every single dirt you can find? You don't have to go far. Start with Kathy Hochul in New York and these pay-to-play operations. You don't have to go far. Start with Nancy Pelosi and how she and her husband managed to make so much money on stock. 
that depends on legislation coming from Congress. And if you're worried about the collateral because Republicans do it too, don't. Go ahead anyway. And whoever gets caught, gets caught. It is time to talk about cleaning the swamp in an entirely new way. Clean the swamp, go into and dig. You do the job that the mainstream press won't do. Ask the Democrats the tough questions. Make sure that their lives and that of their families are investigated. Joe Biden's administration for the entire two years he has left after the November vacation, uh, election should be involved in nothing but document production. Every single committee that the Republicans own needs to start an investigation on every single agency, every single person in the Biden administration. Make them spend the entire next two years producing documents, coming up before Congress for oversight hearings, answering questions, and any inconsistency in any testimony needs to be amplified before the American people and the people that make those inconsistent remarks held to account. You know that they're going to be there. Now, I do not suggest doing what Democrats do, which is finding false witnesses to appear and make all kind of allegations. That's not political warfare. That's evil. That's what Democrats do. We don't do that sort of stuff, and we should never stoop to lying about people and being dishonest. But the Republican Party used to, needs to use every weapon at their disposal, every legal and justifiable weapon in their political arsenal to tie up the Biden administration for the next two years. And by the way, if you think that the Senate is going to be in Democrat hands and that's a matter of certainty, then you're on the wrong page. Everything needs to be done right now in the key battleground states to make sure that Democrats do not retain any power whatsoever except the one that we can't get them out of until 2024, that being the White House. James Golden, a.k.a. Snerly, your calls are welcome. 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. Coming back right after this. This is The Rush Hour with Bose Nerdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Slip sliding away, slip sliding away. Paul Simon. You know the near your destination, the more you Celebrating a birthday today along with Ashante, Tiffany Trump and others. And that's what we hope happens to our friends in the Democrat Party's chances of retaining power, slip sliding away. You know, one thing that I would do, I would ask the governors, respectfully ask the governors in Florida and uh, and, and uh, Texas to make sure that on Election Day that some of the buses they're sending to key places end up in some of these battleground states across the street from the heaviest election polls needed to win. So that you have buses showing up with illegal immigrants unloading while people are voting. I would love to see that happening. Among other things, this election is coming up. We cannot afford to have Democrats retain power. That's simple. 
Now, this, I think, is very sad, and I am not mocking, but I want you to hear remarks that President Joe Biden made, those that are intelligible enough to understand. Again, I'm not mocking. This isn't funny to me at all. It really is not funny. I don't want to hear any, you know, clips doing this, mocking him or anything else. I just want to hear what President Biden said. Just go ahead. Give me a little break here. Soldiers of campaign learned to scale rock, ski, and survive, preparing for the war they were about to fight. And pivotal moment came, as the senator pointed out, in February 1945. Surprise Allied attack in the mountains in Italy. Imagine. It's pitch black, punishing cold. The mission high in the mountains that hinged on the skill, strength, and stamina that could have only been gained in a place like this. They're more than ready. They were more than ready that day and since then. American soldiers in the 10th Mountain Division scaled that 1,800-foot cliff at night, caught the Germans by surprise, captured, captured key positions, and broke through the German defense line at a pivotal point in the war. Just imagine, I mean this sincerely, I say this as a father of a man who won the Bronze Star, the Conspicuous Service Medal, and lost his life in Iraq. Imagine the courage, the daring, and the genuine sacrifice, genuine sacrifice they all made. Joe Biden, in referencing and honoring the troops that fought during World War II, and they were indeed courageous, this was one of the I hate to say greatest because that I, I don't like associating that word with war, but in one of the most courageous. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail from accepting payments to managing inventory. Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Missions in our military's history, the German invasion of Normandy in World War II. I mean, and it was pure heroism. And these men did not, women, men, our forces did not know whether they would be as many lost their lives that day. This was truly, truly one of our military's finest moments. But in discussing that, Joe Biden mentioned that he too lost his son, and he says he lost his son in Iraq. Joe Biden's son did not die in Iraq. Joe Biden's son, Bo, sadly died of brain cancer not connected to his, well, the brain cancer did not happen while he was serving his tour in Iraq. Now, I I have not spent a lot of time talking about Joe Biden's mental health or physical health. I find the whole subject, to be quite honest with you, distasteful. I'm not a doctor. I don't pretend to know what Joe Biden is facing and what he's not facing in terms of his health challenges. And I don't want to put myself in position of trying to diagnose him. But I will say that this is disturbing. And it's disturbing on a lot of levels. And when you compound that with what's going on in Pennsylvania, 
with the case of Mr. Fetterman. And again, I don't find anything in any of these situations to mock, laugh, or or ridicule people that are going through extreme physical challenges. I mean, we all age. We all are afflicted with our bodies deteriorating. This is part of the human condition. But when you have people that have assumed and are asking to assume high positions of power, it is appropriate to ask what their limitations are. And this recent example, and there have been many, many more over the past few years with Mr. Biden, these are disturbing. And people do and should question whether he is capable of fulfilling his duties as commander-in-chief. So once again, I don't find anything funny about this. I don't find anything to, to mock, to laugh, to ridicule, to make fun of. That also with Mr. Fetterman. I think it's incumbent, though, upon members of the press, if there are any real journalists left, to try to get answers as to what's going on here. We have to take another break. When we come back, there's more news. I want to talk about Governor Hochul. I want to talk about this phony poll that's out today that supposedly shows Hochul 10 points ahead in the New York governor's race. James Golden, a.k.a. Sternley, coming back. We'll be with you in just a moment. Don't go away. This is The Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Maxwell brings us back on WABC Talk Radio 77. The Urban Theme. Maxwell's first big one. Well, the album. I asked Bob to stick around for a moment because Bob said, you, "Bob, you said you had some. You noticed you the, the poll, the new Maris poll." Yes, I did notice it. Uh, you know, I wear two hats here. I'm the uh, one of the news people, one of the good news people here at 77 WBC, and I do the traffic. And, uh, yeah, no, I was just talking, actually, with Rita Cosby last night because we were noticing that the poll seemed to be neck and neck. Maybe Hochul had a percentage point or two uh, lead over uh, Zeldin, or, or you can just say it was a dead heat. But now, all of a sudden, 10 points the next day. I uh, was a little surprised about that. Uh-huh. Can I explain to you why I think this poll Ex- was suspicious? Explain away. All right. If you, you have to if explain you, to the Maris people, by the way, not me, but go ahead. The Maris people already know. The poll that was published found that 51% of registered New York voters surveyed said they'd support Hochul in the upcoming election, while 41% expressed their support of Zeldin. A. The key words registered New York voters. Registered voters and any pollster worth their salt knows this. Registered voters are not likely voters. 
Registered voters, anybody that's registered. Why, in New York, I guarantee you, there are a few dead people that are still registered on the rolls, okay? Registered voters simply means that. They have registered their inner party. People that are likely to vote based on their previous voting records. That information is obtainable by pollsters. And the most accurate political polls are those that poll likely voters. Why? Because they're likely to vote. Registered voters doesn't mean a damn thing. If you're not likely to vote, if you've just somebody signed you up, maybe gave you a free something or another, and don't think that doesn't happen. There was a, uh, not, in, not in this state, there was just a report the other day of a uh, barbecue that was held. I forgot which state it's in, one of the southern states, where people were being offered a free barbecue dinner if they came and registered to vote. Well, of course people registered to vote, those that wanted that dinner. Doesn't mean they're going to show out on Election Day. It means that they've registered to vote. So when you look at this, and it's 51% of registered voters, it doesn't give you the most accurate representation of what is actually going to take place on Election Day. And even with likely voters, of course, there is a discrepancy between who actually shows up to the poll and who actually took this the, the poll that the uh, that is being offered them at that moment. So, Bob, that's one of the reasons that I hold this poll in high suspicion. And if, to me, you have a pollster that's willing to go public weeks before an election with a poll number based on registered voters, then it makes me want to question the sample size. It wants to question how, what is the weight of the votes? How many Democrats were chosen in this poll as opposed to how many Republicans, how many independents? And do those numbers accurately reflect what the voting trends have been? So for those reasons, I am quite suspicious of this poll. Well, you know what? That explains it. I'm, well, thir- I'm thoroughly convinced. That's a, that was a very, very well thought out explanation. Very good. Yes, I'm convinced now. I see your point. Well, oh, thank son you. Son of a bitch. I, I appreciate it, Bob. Thank you. No, seriously, I mean, I've done polling. I've been, uh, one of the things that I did early on was learn how to conduct polls because I had to do it as part of my job. And the methodology of polling is, look, look, there's so many things that go into it. The questions that are asked, how are you asking the questions? Are they leading? Are you leading for a particular answer? Most polls that are really good have at least some sort of uh, mechanism where the same question is asked in different ways. And you can compare the pollster, can compare the results of those to see whether they're getting consistent answers. So there are all sorts of things. Polling is a is an art and a science. And people can use these. Why, why do people put out polls like these? They put polls out these for one reason, to influence an election. That's my thinking. To influence. Because my first thought when I saw this was, oh, no, Zeldin is going to lose. Because if the poll's accurate, how do you make up 10 points with just three weeks to go? And that's when I said, okay, let me dig into this. Because that's the reaction that, that is called push polling. They want to push the electorate into one way of thinking or another. If you think that you're backing a loser, you're less likely to go out and vote for that loser. Eh, it doesn't matter. He's going to lose anyway. I'll just sit home. And these are all the tricks that polling companies use 
when they have biases. Now, let me be very clear. I am not accusing those at Mar- Marist to have a bias. I have not examined their methodology. I don't know whether their methodology is accurate or not. I am saying words suspicious. It is a suspicious poll to me because they're using registered voters, and you good people at Marist know, just like I know, that you would get better results from any poll you do by using likely voters. And why you would release a poll this close to an election using registered voters as opposed to likely voters makes me suspicious. So if you support Zeldin, do not be discouraged by these numbers. Do not walk around with some gloom over your head. Oh, no, he's going to lose. Three points. And by the way, here's something else. If you do the right sample, three points is within the margin of error. That is, if you've got, based on the size of the electorate, if you have asked over a 1,000 some odd people, I forget the exact number statistically right now, but if you get a proper sample size and it is weighted properly, meaning you ask the number of Democrats that would successfully give you an answer to represent the Democrats statistically versus the number of Republicans that would represent how many of them are likely to vote. And you include the number of people that would vote, let's say, differently. If all of those numbers are correct and you still end up with a margin of error of three points, it's anybody's race because you can't tell. It's plus or minus is what they call it. It means we could be we could be three points under, we could be three points over. The margin of error is three points. And so if we have a race, like you said the night before, with Zeldin and Hochul, and it's a statistical almost dead heat, that means it really is within the margin of error, and that means it's too close for a poster to really call, and the election could go either way. Don't be fooled by this stuff. And I would seriously question, again, I'm not making any claims as to the veracity of Maris polling or not. I'm just telling you what I know about polling and how it can be manipulated. There was a woman that used to call Rush Houston. We all, for years, adopted her pronunciation of the word manipulated. All I know is election polling can be manipulated. And so I'm wondering if this is one of those instances where things have been manipulated. Five New York City, five police officers were hurt over in Dyker Heights, Brooklyn, trying to apprehend a domestic abduction suspect who then fled into Suffolk County. All five treated, thankfully, for minor complaints of pain. In New York, the parole board, New York State's about to release a cop killer. 46 years after this cop killer, Anthony Curtis Blanks, convicted in 1976 of the murder of Larchmont, <clears throat> Larchmont Police Officer Arthur Dumont, is due to get out of prison next week. He executed a police officer, a 20-year veteran of the force. He was killed by his own gun after trying to rescue this man from railroad tracks. 
And now our parole board says, okay, cop killer, you've done enough time. You're free. Gets out of jail next week. Two police officers were ambushed up in Connecticut, dead. Two Connecticut police officers killed, another critically wounded, shot in Bristol after they were lured to a residence on a bogus domestic violence call. In other words, they were ambushed by people who wanted to kill them. Call the law with a phony story about a domestic violence and then kill these officers. Handling legal matters is stressful. So let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. He's your numero uno. That's part of what's going on in the news while Democrats all across the country and including New York run on the idea that criminals deserve special treatment. They deserve to be let out of jail early, bail reform and all the like. That's what should be on the ballot. Bail reform. Letting these criminals, these predators continue to dominate the headlines with their crimes and their misdeeds. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurdy, your phone calls are coming up. Don't go away. This is The Rush Hour with Bo Snurdy. Rush. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Wilson. Pick it. Wicked Wilson Pickett. Oh, that's Bobby Womack. Okay, Wilson Pickett did the song, too. Had him mixed up. Love Bobby Womack. Rich picked this. I know Rich must have picked this one. There he is. Okay, listen, we're going to head to the telephones, but first, we've got sound... That's just waiting, and I can't do it today. AOC had a town hall, and it was embarrassing. And it's lengthy. So we I want to do it tomorrow because I want to get to some of these phone calls. Two minutes. Uh, okay, let's listen to a little bit of it. Just go ahead. We got to do a little bit. Come on. Congresswoman, none of this matters unless there's a nuclear war, which you voted to send arms and weapons to Ukraine. Tulsi Gabbard, she's left the Democratic Party because there are some war hawks, okay? You originally voted, you ran as an outsider, yet you've been voting to start this war in Ukraine. You're voting to start a third nuclear war with Russia and China. Why are you playing with the lives of American citizens? You're playing with our lives. Yeah, this is the AOC town hall. If there's a nuclear bomb, you voted to mobilize and send money to Ukrainian Nazis. You're a coward. You're a progressive socialist. Where are you against the war mobilization? He's telling the right truth. You have done nothing. Tulsi Gabbard has shown guts where you've shown cowardice. I believed in you, and you became the very thing you sought to fight against. That's what you've become. 
you are the establishment and you are the reason why everybody will end up in a nuclear war unless you choose boy, to stand Boy, oh boy, right these now. wackadoodles came out. I mean, the wackadoodles. Hey, look, these were her peeps. This is who she ran with. And now... I'm the boss. Yeah, you might be, but they're a little ticked at you, bossy bossy. That is radical. <laughs> yeah, it is. So uh, she was a little upset with them. They were a little upset with her. You claim to be a progressive, and here you are, lottie, 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 lottie. Well, you make your bed with progressives, you wake up with progressives. What can you I tell you? You sound ridiculous. Uh-huh. Let us head to the telephones, Mount Sinai. Joe, how are you, Joe? Hello. How are you today? Uh, I had a couple of things to say. Number one, Brian Pagliano was the guy that, that took care of Hillary Clinton's emails or whatever he did. And they kept showing an empty seat. They did nothing when they were in the Congress when they had their hearings. Uh, and why, why, do, why, do, why is it they able to, to force people to come in or, or they're not forcing people to come in? Number two, you spoke about Diker Heights yesterday. I was in Diker Heights yesterday, and uh, uh, they have a beautiful, beautiful Christmas show every year, 2,000 feet. And I'm going to talk uh, – 2,000 feet is less than a half a mile from where they have all those Christmas lights and everything. They're putting a 75-foot – hotel which is seven stories 70 rooms and there's eight parking spots in a place where you don't oh. need a hotel that's where the homeless and the migrants are going to be and right next door the old nathan's uh property they're going to put a school so uh eric adams is it promised what he promised it's coming to every neighborhood multi-million dollar neighborhoods you can't buy a house there um, you could buy a modest house for one point five million. A modest house. Yeah, thanks, Eric. You're going to ruin the city. Thanks, Eric. Thanks, Eric. Yep, yeah, and Joe, thank you for bringing that to our attention. Thanks, Eric. Yeah, the same Eric Adams who told us the subway is going to be safe and everybody's going to be safe. The only, the safest. You know where the safest place in New York to be? The safest place in New York to be is with Eric Adams when he's out partying all night long. Because he's got a nice little entourage of security around him. You won't get hurt if you're out partying with Eric Adams. But the rest of you folks, <laughs> you're, on, you're on your own. You're on your own. Let us go to Mike in Newburgh. How are you, Mike? Welcome to WABC. You're on with Bo Snerdley. Hey, hello, James. I just want to first say I'm thankful for your voice on the radio because we need you, man. After losing Rush and now Bernie, we, we need a, a solid conservative like yourself and I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, you're welcome. I, I just want to throw a scenario out there. It's kind of a three-dimensional problem, if you will. I mean, you have the media who right now are writing their headlines for the the upcoming economic downturn that guys like Dan, Jamie Dimon, economic heavy hitters like that, are predicting for in, mm-hmm, in 23 mm-hmm. and 24. So based on that, if the Republicans indeed do win a, a wave, Guess who's going to be blamed for it, even though it's Biden's policies that cause it. But it's going to be, oh, the Republicans, you elected them, and look what happened. We got a recession, depression, whatever. They're already honing their axes, these guys. So I think we need to get ahead of this, the Republican Party. I absolutely agree. This is why you have to have people that know how to message. And the message should be that we're going to do everything in our power starting day one to stop Joe Biden's recession from hitting you as hard as it would. The only real stop to it is when we get Joe Biden and his 
complete cronies out of there. And you have to remind people what Donald Trump did. This is where the economy was before. This is what, look, we have a report today that Biden lied, of course, claiming he didn't beg the Saudis. The Saudis are throwing him under the bus. They're like, yes, you did. You came and begged us to intercede before the election. They don't, they don't care, apparently. They don't care about making amends with Biden long term or political stability between us and Saudi Arabia. They are throwing Biden under the bus. They're like, they have come to the American public and said, Joe Biden, your president, is lying to you. He did beg us. Joe, New Jersey, time's running out. Got to move quick. How are you, Joe? Hello, sir. Thank you so much for taking my call. It's just, I'm, before the, the social media wiped all the videos, I watched videos from the election where software was used and Trump, five Trump's, Trump votes went in and five Bidens were counted. And do we kind of forget that that happened? Because we had this this whole, oh, we're going to have a red wave, we're going to have a red wave. Nobody is like, look, Joe, you're violating uh, America's number one rule right now, according to the media, the establishment, the Democrat Party. You're not allowed to talk about the previous election. Anything that you say, if you talk about that, if you talk about what happened in Georgia with that, with those people throwing out, uh, other people, and then starting to count ballots that were uh, uh, that they dragged out from under the table. If you talk about what happened in Pennsylvania with judges changing the election rules at the last minute, if you say anything about any of those things or any other example you might raise, you are threatening the democracy, the very democracy of the United States. So, no, Joe, you're not allowed to talk about that stuff. Thank you. For. I'm scared about the red wave, sir. I am scared about I'm the not red scared wave. about the red wave, and don't you be scared either. We have to we are going to overwhelm these people. We are going to win this election. If you don't sit on your butts and you come out, we will be victorious. Huh. Tomorrow, back four PM, Bolsonaro's rush hour. Catch the night up next. Make sure you keep it here. May God bless and protect each and every one of you and your families. We'll be back. See you tomorrow. More fun, more frivolity, more serious business. See you tomorrow. Bye. This is The Rush Hour with Bose Nerdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network.